Hey, hey, everyone. Darlene here, and welcome to another All That Is Empath podcast. I'm very excited today to introduce you to Susan Ibitz, who is a self-proclaimed human behavior hacker. What does that mean? Susan says some people hack computers. I hack humans. Susan's able to do this effortlessly with training she's received from the military, hostage negotiators, the Central Intelligence Agency, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now she uses that impressive training and knowledge to consult and coach for trial lawyers, criminologists, politicians, and more. She's an international speaker on topics including facial profiling, body language analysis, and behavior analysis. Currently, she works as a profiler and hostage negotiator trainer. Susan is absolutely fascinating, and I cannot wait for you to listen to this interview. So let's get started. There is a misconception about narcissism, and narcissism is loving yourself. Narciso killed himself drowning because he was an asshole, pardon my friend. <laughs> but if you love yourself enough, you're not going to hurt yourself. If you love yourself, if you love your body, you're not going to hurt what you love. We, as a human beings, we don't hurt what we love. So when you're depressed, when you're feeling like you're on the bottom of the jar, when you start loving yourself, you're not going to hurt yourself. So when people say, oh, this person become from depressed to narcissist, well, don't talk until you don't know the, the complete story. You don't know what the person is going through. And most therapies that I have seen, and we have therapies in my group, and one of the thing is we need to get this person to, I'm going to kill myself, to narcissist, to self-esteem, and we need to balance that person. Why? Again, we survive, we care about the things that we care for. Right. And you need to be the first person you care for, because if it's not, who are you going to be helping if you cannot help, help yourself? Exactly. So it's so much misconception. I, I, I pissed off with people says, yeah, I read face reading for Cosmopolitan. Get out of my class. <laughs> like, what? Get out of my class. You don't deserve. I'm going to return your money and give you a plus if you never contact me again. This is not learning. That is gossip. That is people who Google things that happened 50 years ago. You, you study, you have a master in this field. You're no criminology. And I'm sure you read all these papers and it says, who the heck is this person? A signature to put in an article without knowing what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of misconception. Narcissism is one of them. Well, after you get them from depression to, to narcissist and they're stable, do you try to bring them down then from narcissist to something, you know, self-esteem, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now everybody is labeled as a narcissist, as a psychopath, as a sociopath. Everybody have an fMRI done. Well, if your amygdala or in, any of your amygdalas are not 16% smaller, you're not a psychopath. You're not a sociopath. Stop, stop labeling people. You're hurting people. So we're afraid to become selfish. We're afraid to be called self-esteem. We are afraid to be survivors because people is going to label us. One of the things that I love about being over 40, over 50 at this point in my life, I don't freaking care. <laughs> anymore i so i'm a survivor like you are and we talked before i start recording mm -hmm. who's gonna tell you darlene you don't have the right to live the life the way you want it we survive things that most people cannot put one day in their life exactly. to make it happen 
who are you and who give you the right to tell me how I need to live my life? Live in my shoes one day. I bet you one day. And let's see if you don't try to kill yourself by 9 p.m. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I, I, that's something that I think is very important. Two things that you mentioned. First, self-care. And a lot of people sometimes shy away from the, the idea of self-care because they think it's being selfish. And it's not because like you said, you can't help anybody else or take care of anybody else. If you're a mess, if you're stressed, full of anxiety and ready to pull your hair out, you can't help anybody else. You have to practice self-care. And the other thing you mentioned about can't walk in my shoes kind of thing is learning compassion. And I think that, that a lot of people, I mean, probably a huge percentage of our population really needs to take a course on compassion. I mean, it's funny, our educational system teaches a lot of things that we will never use in our lives, like American history, and you know, things like that. Yes, it's good to be educated about our past. But at the same time, why are we not teaching all the things that are necessary for life, like learning compassion for other people and and self-care. I want to ask you, and you mentioned it briefly earlier, you, you do have a concept about empaths that um, you have like three different types, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Okay, please tell me more. Yeah, I and I came up with this idea and I found out that other people has been doing it before. So I'm not a original in this. I didn't know before and I come up with with this and I read a lot after. Sure. I remember taking my training as a civilian hostage negotiator. I'm not in any force, I'm civilian hostage negotiator. And I remember uh, one of my trainers says, who's an empath? And I was looking on the roof. And he says, who is a sympath? And I was looking on the roof. Who? And he was looking at me like, "What? I go, when I gonna get you? Like, who care about other people's life and i was looking on the roof and he looked at me like susan what the heck is wrong with you <laughs> well let me tell you something your empathy sympathy and caring about someone you were talking about a scenario where somebody was on the roof about to jump your empath in this room they're going to have a uh, um uh be, they're going to be cremated and they're going to have they're going to be buried or they're going to be buried tomorrow you know what if a person die, try to save their cell phone when they drop from a 17th floor, if you see a human being try to jump from the 17th floor, you know what's going to happen? You're going to try to grab him. Tomorrow, we need to inform two families. They need to go to the very the loved one. So your empathy and sympathy and caring about others, it need to be at a point that you need to be aware how empath you are. Because people only hurt you with the tools you give them. So you need to be aware. If your empathy is so deep that you feel their pain and not going to help them, now you're going to be depressed too. So I narrow and treat three kinds of empath. The regular empath, I feel your pain. I cry with you. And if I don't control that, I can get depressed with you. Mm -hmm. Now we need a third person to come in. And now we have a bunch of depressed people crying on the basement. <laughs> so you need to be careful. If, but if you are that kind of empath, and if you're aware of that, you can have tools to help you to be strong, to help others. 
is nothing wrong with any of those empath is a being is about to be aware to not allow people to use you or hurt you with your own feelings. It's like pointing a knife to your own abdomen and pushing it against you every time that somebody have pain. Is careful. You need to be careful. You need to understand how much pain you can take. We have the second one that I call the wave. W-A-B-E. What is the wave? Like the wave. One time is high, one time is low. Is the people who can carry, hold your hand says, I feel your pain. I understand your pain, but it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. They feel with you and they move out with you. There are pros and cons with that, that if you're not in the great place, if you're not in the good position, you can stay longer on the empath feeling, deep in feeling with that person. And it can be difficult to get away from that, to help yourself and have the help the other person to get away and we have the fixer i'm a fixer i have friends i have male friends that says you're the dude with boobs like why what what do you mean you would you try to offend me with that is not going to happen what do you mean with that it says if i have a feeling or i have an emotional problem i do know susan that i cannot come to you but I need to get actions. I need to fix a problem. I prefer to talk with you than any other my male friends. Like, well, thank you very much. That is a compliment. And one of them says, doesn't bother you? Like, no, I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to cry. Why? Because all my life I need to be surviving, trust surviving, trust surviving situations for being told I'm stupid. I'm lazy. I'm never going to accomplish anything for my dyslexia. My and my uh, out, my autism used to be Asperger syndrome. Now the oh. DSM five says I'm not autistic. I'm Asper anymore. I'm mildly autistic. Again, tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. But I need to fight all the things. So I didn't have time to get depressed and cried about it. I need to pull myself and walk away. So, and fix it and get it where I am today. So I'm a fixer and I get it. So when I have friends who are like, oh, I'm so depressed. My boyfriend leave me like that dude was hitting you, hitting your kids, not giving you money, abusing you. Hell yeah. We need to celebrate. We need to do a party. And people look at me like, Susan, you're an, you're a monster. Like, no, I'm still it as a minute. If you cannot deal with the reality, you're not ready. I can give you a couple of friends or therapists that can deal with that. But if you want to get out of the foggy side, if you can't get out of the shadow, I'm going to help you. But don't expect me to cry with you. I I understand what you feel, but I don't feel what you feel. And I have a big conflict where people says, I feel your pain. Like, no, you don't. (laughs) Don't tell me. Okay, I'm going to punch you with your knife on the uh, on the head. Like, why are you going to do that? Because maybe, maybe you can understand my feeling. Like, no, 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 I don't want my feeling. So you see, you're not willing to feel my feeling. So don't talk if you don't know what you're talking about. So I know I'm kind of extremist because what I do for a living is a fixer. I'm a wolf. I fix problems. And people come to me when they have tried absolutely everything and they cannot fix but I'm aware of that. And when somebody is emotionally disturbed, when somebody needs emotional support, 
I do understand that I need to send it either with somebody in my team, in my business life, or somebody that else than myself in my friend circles. Mm -hmm. I am aware of that. So I can consciously move that person to somebody who can help them better. And when it's time for me to help them, I can jump. So it's nothing wrong with that. But if you're an extremely empath, the every time that you see a plant die and you're going to be crying, <laughs> you better get in a black room. You're never going to be co- be able to conquer life. But if I know that, I'm going to be walking, looking up, not looking down. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Do you know how many people hate me for that concept? Really? I think it's amazing. Because people think the empathy, empathy, narcissism, likability, intelligence is only one. We have nine, nine types of intelligence. Not everybody's good their numbers. I think I'm the only Jewish person who give it a dollar expense too. I'm <laughs> really bad. That's the reason I have a great accountant. I have an in-house lawyers. I have extra external lawyers and I have a great a financial advisor. It's not the nicest person in the world but duh, I'm going to retire younger thanks to him. I don't need to like him. He's good in what he does. If I was extremely empath, I would like, oh, I like a financial advisor who talk nice to me. Like, no, I don't care. <laughs> you do your job, do it. I will not going to marry you. I'm going to talk to you every six months, but I need to like you. Do your job. You're well, the best. I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Um, however, being an empath, I will feel feel that like if he talks to me nasty I'd still keep him around because he's good but I would get hurt by it and I would probably need to have a conversation with him like you you can't speak to me like that kind of thing just uh boundaries and respect basically there's no reason for someone you're paying for a service to treat you badly so regardless of how good he is I would still have a conversation with him but but Darlene, sometimes it's not that he's talking badly. There is, there, there's people who straight eyebrows, they're really left brain. And wow. people with numbers, they don't understand that your feelings are involved in every dollar you give them. So wow. it's, not, it's not against you, it's the way they are. But you being such an empath, it's great that you're aware that like, okay, stop it, dude. You cannot talk to me this way. I'm paying you. By the way, I'm paying you by the hour and you're taking a chunk of money on my money. So learn manners to talk to me but if you're not aware of your empathy and you're not aware of your feelings how are you going to expect the other people be aware of that exactly you need to be aware of yourself so when people say i don't want to learn about myself i want to learn how to talk to others how to influence how to manipulate like you cannot tie your shoes and you want to try to manipulate everyone you don't know your feelings when i ask you how you feeling like uh no idea you know that darlene that the reason you know how to talk to others to talk to you nobody come with a manual you need to verbally mm-hmm. and expressively tell others what you need you cannot expect from humanity humanity to understand you if you don't open your mouth absolutely yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think, I think there's a, there's a, a negative impression um, with a lot of people that think empaths are just these uh, very quiet, timid, you know, mousy kind of people, you know, wallflower kind of people. And it, it really is far from the truth. Um, 
the impasse that I've been meeting since starting my business, and I'm amazed at how many I've been meeting. It's like I talk to someone, and as soon as they find out what I do, they're like, oh, really? I'm an empath, (laughs) like almost everybody. So, which is strange because I had read a statistic that only two to 3% of the population were empaths. And I'm not finding that to be true. I'm finding a lot of empaths. But at any rate, um, everyone- I think it's labeling, darling. Don't you think yeah. that when something is trending, everybody want to get in the new trend and I'm not going to go there because sorry, but every time somebody asks for my pronouns, like my name is Susan. I'm a human behavior hacker. Some people have computers. I have humans. That's my pronouns. But like, I'm sorry, honey, I'm too old. I don't speak Tinder, I don't speak <laughs> pronouns, and I don't speak Starbucks. I want a coffee with milk. I want to date a guy that I met in the supermarket buying potatoes, and <laughs> my name is Susan. Sorry, too old to change. I still miss my Blackberry. So every, I have, everything needs to be labeled. Yeah. Hello? No, I agree with that. And that could be part of, of why I'm seeing many more, because they're just jumping on the bandwagon. But I, I got to be honest, the, the ones that I know personally that I've really gotten to know, because, um, you know, doing this, I've just run into a lot of people who um, are in in same thing that I do, but maybe in a slightly different way. Like one of my uh, friends I've met um, does like sells crystals and teaches about how crystals can help with healing and, and different emotions. Um, and definitely 100% empath, but not, uh, but very, an outspoken person and very, um, very fun and, and lively kind of, uh, person. Then, uh, you know, another empath I know is very, um, a lot like you, very, um, matter of fact and, and kind of loud and, you know, so I, I think that, that empaths get a bad rap as being these, you know, timid kind of people who don't speak their mind when in actuality, I've found a lot of, a lot of empaths to be exactly that. So it's a bad rap that you cannot have a character and being an empath. Again, if you look for labels, you only gonna, the only thing labeled in my life is the species in my kitchen because I love cooking. Beside that, I do not like labels. I think they're danger. Because when you label someone, it's actually the studies on the unit. Let me know, Darlene, because we can, I can go to a tantrum, remember? I'm <laughs> autistic, I'm dyslexic, my, my head is a rabbit hole. Oh, that's fine. It's on a study done in University of Michigan in 2010 that if I label someone, if I give you an attribute, positive or negative, even though I came back later and I tell you I was lying to you, 90 more than 90 percent of the people cannot detach from the label assigned to you in the beginning Mm -hmm. i remember learning that in criminal justice how you know like juvenile offenders get labeled as offenders and become adult offenders because of it because they they label they they identify with that label and how can they be anything else i'm so happy and i know for some people it's going to sound weird but bear with me darling you understand it's great because if I've been told I'm stupid all the time, I never going to believe that I'm going to be anything else. Right. And you had, you study criminology. You have a deepest way more comprehensive and criminology and cyber and all these things happen out there. And you know that labeling can be danger. Yeah. 
I do agree with that. I, on the other hand, if we can find a happy medium, like um, to not internalize our labels um, and just use it maybe as a categorical reference in order to meet other people like us, I, I think that definitely can have benefits. And that's the only thing. In fact, I wrote a paper, what is an empath um, as kind of an opt-in to build. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do, do reverse. Okay. I do negotiation. What's an empath? I'm going to interview you. Dominic, <laughs> what's an empath for you? Uh, an empath is somebody who is sensitive to, to their own energetic field in such a way that they can feel with that energy field uh, what is around them. So it could be um, a feeling in the room, like the environment itself, um, or it could be that their their energetic field is intermingling with the person they're standing next to and they're feeling uh what information that is in that other person's energy field because it's scientifically proven we have an energy field around this um some of us have a heightened sense where we're able to tap into that energy field and actually feel those emotions and everybody has it just everybody may have it to different degrees like almost everybody you know has probably said it sometime um I, I don't know why I feel this. I just know, or my gut just tells me that blah, 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 right? People say that and they don't really think where it comes from. And that information was information that was gained through the energy field. I love something you says in the very beginning. And I wish people like, okay, people bear with me, rewind to uh -huh. the beginning. Sure. Darlene says, when you're aware on your own, so you can feel others. I love that concept because most people says, oh, I need to feel, no, no. I need to be aware of my own to feel yours. I love what you says in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You have, you have to absolutely be aware. And, and the more awareness that you have, the higher that that sensitivity will be. And so a lot of us have a very low level of this sense that we're calling empathy. Um, and others have a high, and you know, there's even scientific proof now in the brain for empathy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. we have mirror neurons, which control our empathy. And people who say they are empaths, they study their brains, and those mirror neurons are larger than the normal average person. Whereas someone like a psychopath who can't feel emotions at all, the mirror neurons are very small. So they're on the other end of the spectrum of the psychopath. So it, it actually can even be proven now. So it, it, it's really amazing. Maybe I hit my head so many times those mirror neurons are cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that always your gut is going to be right. But if your gut telling you something, stop, like you says, stop, measure, be aware of yourself and act upon that. Exactly. I think one of the things that you, even though you and I were completely, we have the same similar, actually it would even says where sisters separate at accident. Yes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, we are completely in the different spectrums of the empath measurement, but that's what it says that you always can have an intelligent and fulfilled conversation when you're willing to hear what the other person has to say and not to force your ideas with other because initially we are in the different spectrum than what is the concept of empath or what empathy should be and yet i feel i feel like right now in this point in our conversation that we're pretty similar on what 
we feel about empaths. Am I wrong in that? No, that's what I'm saying. When people says, oh, we are different. We're never going to, this, this is never going to happen. Like, well, a conversation is like, I hear your position. So you give me permission to tell mine uh-huh. for you to hear. And we can walk away today see, understanding that we are 180 degrees different. <laughs> but in some point, in order to listen to each other, we need to have something in common. And the common thing is knowledge, is empathy, and understanding other person. That is an intelligent conversation for me. That is a gratified conversation. Lean with that and learn from people that think opposite what you think. Don't try to force your ideas. Open a conversation. And that is to be the opposite of ignorance. Ignorance doesn't happen because you don't have enough books. Ignorance happened when, because you think different, I'm going to shut down. I do want to ask you one thing um, that is spe- about what you do that specifically might help empaths, because I know they're, they're probably a lot like me, the, the people listening that are empaths, a lot like me in the sense that um, you don't always want to trust your intuition or, you know, you double, you, you question yourself sometimes and, and you really should always trust your intuition. And I actually teach that. But in reality, you do, it's, it's just hard not to, especially when it's something that is just way out there. Like you get this horrible feeling that the person you're talking with is a, is a snake and is going to try to hurt people and, and you don't know where it's coming from. That's kind of one of the things that you might second guess, because, unless it's a huge danger factor in there where you're starting to feel fear. Um, but you might second guess yourself because it's just, you know, he, he seems pleasant. He's nice. Logically, everything fits. So my question to you is, I know you do facial analysis. You need to try your own thing. You need to try your own, um, guts. You need to try your own analysis. You need to try your own perspective on life. What people like me does is helping you to fulfill that um, intrinsic gut or your intrinsic uh, uh, everybody is good reading others what happened is people who's born blind and the one who's not we we express emotions facial expression and body language when we are happy and sad on the same way yeah so we don't learn this from our parents what we learn from our parents is to lie how wow your boss the boss of your dad call and says, dad, your boss called, tell them I'm sick, but you're doing barbecue. Shh, shut up. And I'm going to make you, I, I'm going to make the meal you want. Right. Mom, we go into the mall and dad says, no, if you don't tell your dad, we go into the mall, I'm going to stop at McDonald's. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that's what we learn. Yeah. We start learning how to manipulate others and how to lie. People like me give a context and what on those things that were intrinsic. My master is in manipulation, obedience, and and implanted memories. It's happened. Mm. So what I studied along the way was face reading profiling. What face reading profiling has been among us for 5,000 years is your face is a GPS to your brain. So what your face is showing me on the features Face reading and face analysis is the analysis of the expressions and gestures on your face when your face is moving. What I study too is face reading profiling. 
I can determine for the shape of your eyebrows, the size of your forehead, the length of your nose, the deepness of your, of your uh, lips, and the size of your chin, how are you going to be in taking information, process information, and how, how much prompt you are for other people and how patient you are. When I do know that, I can start teasing in your face. And now I'm going to face analysis that is micro expression and micro expression. Micro expressions are a quarter of the second in your face. Wow. If I says, I'm so, I'm so happy and I show fear, it's an incongruency between your words and your face. Wow. And that happened in a quarter of a second. But if I hold the fear in my face, that is a macro expression and become a gesture. It's a gesture to make sure that you understand then pol politically is incorrect to tell you, but my face is talking to you and you need to be paying attention. Then my face saying like, what the heck is going on? So yeah. makes sense. One yeah. is the features in developed 5,000 years ago, Chinese, Judaism, Latin America, um, they were uh, teach on the university in Europe in 1500s are the features. You can determine if a woman is pregnant before even any Eva test can say it wow. for the face and changes on the face, how introvert and extrovert and how you feeling and how you doing in your face. Wow. Now, those expressions that can become gestures on the face is another thing that I studied to with Paul Ekman in London a couple of years ago. If you want to know who he is, you can Google it, Paul Ekman. And the show Lie to Me was based on his studies. Wow. So what if somebody is, okay, so you meet somebody who you're feeling is um, a bad person and yet their, their facial expressions don't match because they're a good manipulator, they're a good actor. As a profiler, are you able to see that they're faking it? Can you tell that those emotions aren't real? One of the worst, the worst advice I ever had in my life was faking until you make it and says, what I'm faking. And like, I don't know, keep going. Like, if I don't know what I'm faking, I'm never going to make it. So most people who try to fake it until they make it, they're really, really easy to spot. Okay. There is uh, something that we call, I call it web. And we teach that. Web is words, emotions, and behavior. Wow. If your words, emotions, and behavior do not align, and they're not telling me that it's a congruency between how your body is telling me, how your behavior is acting, and how your emotions are acting, now I have a red, red flag that my brain is like, oh, okay, I need to find out what is going on. What happened last night? So... That is what you need to be paying attention. If you says, okay, this is, doesn't have video. So bear with me. I'm going to try to okay. express and wish for people to visualize. If I says to you, what do you want for lunch? There are two ways you can tell me, I don't know. You can say, I don't know. But try to remember the last time that you didn't know something Show and your you're going to feel your shoulders going up. Can yeah. you feel it? Yeah. yeah. So if I says, I don't know in my shoulders and one of my shoulders going up is a congruency between the emotion, the words and the behavior. Make sense? Yeah. 
Yes. So nobody's 100% good detecting deception. If somebody tell you he that person is a human life detector is lying to you, mm. it depends on you and how in tune you are with other people is saying and doing. And people who watch too many shows about this, guess what? They're less accurate finding deception than the one who never see anyone, any of the shows. Can you wow. believe it? Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for all the people who is like, oh, I watch these old channels and YouTube and this and this, like, well, let me tell you, I can play you like a cheap poker card and two dollar and three dollar bills because you're going to have the misconception because you're going to use your own dictionary yeah. to feel in what they saying but you're not testing your skills so be careful what you're reading what you're watching because without testing yourself why do you think somebody can watch a 30 minute video and being able to detect deception exactly. that is not true yeah I would imagine that's a, a lifetime learning kind of thing. You never stop. Exactly. You never stop. That's the reason it's so important to have communities like yours, Darlene. Do you know what is the most danger, danger, like warning danger, micro expressions that you need to be paying attention now that we're talking about the door to hell? Um, fear, maybe? No. Um, no. Fear is fear. It's nothing else. Fear, okay. you show fear. Anger? What is the only expression that when it's happened, never happened alone and people think it's funny and it can be really dangerous because people tend not to pay well, attention. It's the only expression. On your video, on Facebook, mm -hmm. is it surprise? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember why? Um, because it comes, it's more than one emotion. Yeah. Oh my God. I have a future, absolutely excellent <laughs> students. You should get in my class. It's true. When I see surprise, surprise, birthday party, I'm happy. Surprise. Okay, that dude is kissing someone who is not my best friend. I need to call her. We need to keep her, his ass or her ass. Surprise. Are you going to be wearing that? Uh, surprise. Like, what the heck? And I'm going to put it in this way. You're going with your two small kids walking on the street and suddenly the back end of a car make a sound who feel like a bullet. You're going to feel surprise. After that, you're going to feel fear. And after fear, you're going to feel anger. Mm -hmm. So always pay attention to surprise. When people say, I want to surprise people like, oh, holy cow, what are you getting into? Don't do that. Why that is really, really but what dangerous. Exactly makes it dangerous. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, the answer, as you said, it is because it's more than one emotion, but what exactly makes that dangerous? Because you never know what is emotion. I'm going to put it that way. I was born and raised in South America. I lived 12 years in Europe and at the age of 28 to come to United States. My dictionary from words and actions it's a fruit salad. It's all over the place. <laughs> so one of the things that I love to have those experience is I think, I think, and I'm sure I'm wrong most of the time, I have more open mind to understand that people have different sense of humor, have different tastes, and they have different ways to be polite to you, be nice to you, and express themselves. 
Wow. You're just a wealth of information. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I just qualify last month as a tax exempt because I have more, I have enough book to, um, to be a library. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there was a woman, um, gosh, I wish I could remember her name at the moment, but I can't. Um, but, but somebody on my Facebook page, um, she made a post where she's, looks beautiful she's dressed perfectly and it's a gorgeous photo of her in the park and she's kind of looking off pensively and it's just a great photo but her her post was amazing because she said um i want to tell you what really happened while i was taking this photo because this is what you don't see on social media um, and she talks about how, you know, she was, her husband was rushing her because he was the photographer and he had to pick the kids up from school and how she had to, you know, uh, move really fast. And she almost tripped in the heels she was trying to wear. And she started sweating and was worried about armpit stains and just crazy stuff like that. And I, I'm just kind of summarizing it, but it was such a good post because she, she was bringing to light that the, the picture is not reality and we shouldn't judge people by these pictures that they post because it's simply that it's a picture and 99% of the time it's posed, it's fake <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't represent reality. And it was such a, in my mind, such a valuable post because I think more people need to hear that. I completely agree. So when people says, well, I Google it, like it's not real. Or I have people who does posts on the media for my clients, for myself and things. I check everything that is going to be published. I agree with my team. But sometimes people says, oh, I love your post. What post? <laughs> or people says they want to sell me a system. Like, yeah, we're going to sell you a system. We're going to tell you what is your personality. You're extrovert, no shy, no army. Like, do it, do it, do it. Wait, wait, wait. Come back. I'm an MBTI, a Myers-Briggs um, Personality Assessment uh, Certified. My introversion is 98%. Wow. Shyness is 96 And Hermit is 100%. I, I live on the forest. That. Oh my God. I'm, I'm on the forest. The difference is I learn coping mechanisms when I need to be present. And actually the misconception is introversion has to do with shyness. I just happen to have both introvert is how you recharge your info your your energy mm. extroverts need to be around other people introverts need to be by themselves yeah after i talked to you darlene i disconnected my phone until monday today is almost afternoon Me on too. saturday that's and the reason i recording with you today is because i knew i'm going to be calm even my voice is different than my normal recordings like okay we're going to talk about empathy susan you need to be in your happy zone <laughs> i preparing for this so after you disconnected my phone everybody knows do not contact me yeah. nothing is going to happen so when it says oh you're extremely extrovert like no you're and the guy says trying to sell me the system like you're not an introvert like do you know the difference when you're in shy like shyness introversion hermitism they're three three different things if you don't know about it well my system says well let me tell you something the only thing ai cannot do yet is understanding human behavior and i'm so happy 
because the day we start buying equipment to understand human behavior, that one, I think humanity really is going to go to the bucket. Really? And why is that? Because you can see emotions, but you cannot see the context through you AI. When people says, put me in front of the big blue and I'm going to show you how we are better. And a lot of people hire me to test AI products related to body language, face reading, and micro expressions. Wow. Why do you think is nothing on the market beside advertisement or analyzing how people watch um, um, watch uh, websites? And we use systems. Don't get me wrong. We have a really great system that we have paired with another company to jury selection and jury real um, timing mm -hmm. and how people perceive others that I think is one of the most accurate on the market. And then we work with them mm -hmm. and you're going to see like doubt on my voice, like, because we always testing and making the system better. And my doubt is because we're going to find something else next week on the system and we're going to, we work together. I'm so happy on the doubting on my tone of my voice because that make you better. But beside that, tell me any system that can replace the human emotions. Yeah, none. Thank God. Because <laughs> the day that we give to a machine to replace, to understand humanity and understand that after surprise, they can come fear, sadness, they come so many emotions, we lost humanity. That is going to be the point of breaking. Because that's what empaths have as a superpower. Exactly. So you no know, matter what kind of empath, I'm sorry, no matter what kind of empath you are, you have a superpower. And with superpowers come high responsibilities. Enforce that on the good way. Absolutely. I, I agree. I, I'm a big techno geek. Like I I love technology. I love to learn new things. Um, I'm... You know, I got to have the best computer and the best monitor and the, be the best microphone. And I'm just a techno geek that way. Um, and so I, I'm fascinated with AI and I, I, I actually, I only want to say envision, I, I dream of the day we'll have human-like robots. To me, that would be super cool. But I see the side of it being dangerous. And only recently, as I've been growing as a human in, in my own journey of just mindset and, and um, spirituality in general, the, the main thing that scare, would scare me about AI is that if, if there was an AI that was so good that it could answer any question and it could do anything like even recognize facial emotions, there would be no point for a human to grow they wouldn't because like we have google that answers our questions right or we can say hey alexa do, you i know. love where you're going i love where you're going exactly so you know the the scary part is if if we're trained to just go to the easiest solution i feel like humans human progression is just going to stop that day it's just going to stop because we're going to be we're going to be obsolete Yes, we won't, we won't continue to grow and anything that doesn't continue to grow dies. Yeah, 
I completely agree with you. The only thing that I want somebody, and one of the things that Elon Musk was working at some point, I think I stopped since to get Twitter. Why, dude? Why you need to get Twitter? You stop right? working on the matrix. He was developing a matrix. That's the only thing about technology. I'm sorry. So the only thing that he stopped working is on the matrix because I don't have time to read all the things that I want to read and learn all the things that I want to learn. But we cannot replace humanity. I do understand texting. I do understand all those things, but it's nothing more comforting driving to a friend's house, yeah. bringing a bottle of wine, get the PJs, sitting in front of the fireplace yeah. and tell me how was your day? Tell me what's going on with you. God, that is heaven. Absolutely. And that's, you know, what we need more of in, right now in this era, um, we need more of that because we're losing that human connection with the texting, with the video calling. And it's so easy to just do this. And then you have more time to do all the little things you want to do. And unfortunately we're starting to value, uh, ease of something quickness of something because everybody's so busy, 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 you know? And so we're not doing the things that you're talking about because, oh, well, that's just so ex an extravagant waste of time. No, it's not. We need that. We absolutely need that for our own self-care, for our own growth with that, that restores us, that refreshes us. Darlene, I'm going to tell you, tell me a uh, divine um, indulgence for <laughs> introverts. When the pandemic happened and everybody says we're going to be in home and everything is going to happen in Zoom, don't tell me you don't did you didn't do happy happy dance. Oh, I did do the happy dance. Oh God, me too. Yes, I love that. I love because I hated, uh, you know, doing the nine to five, driving a car into work, and fighting the traffic, and it, it literally was the bane of my existence. I hated it and. In fact, back in 2000, I was working as a programmer for the state attorney's office here, and there's not a day that went by, and this was 23 years ago, so working from home was unheard of, uh, but I was, uh, I used a program called PC Anywhere that I was very familiar with, and they, we had computers in the server room that ran specific programs that you had to go into the server room to do and so I installed PC anywhere on the on those computers so that I could sit at my desk and do what needed to be done on those computers without having to go into the server I do remember that program yeah yeah it was wonderful back then because you know we we, we didn't have the simple connections that we have today and um so and we didn't have a lot of remote control that we have today that's just free like you know um, team speak or uh, Microsoft even has one, but, but every single day I would, I would put that in my boss's ear and anybody that would listen, I want and say, can't I work from home at least a couple days from week, you know, a week, I have to pay for parking. There's all these extra expenses. I have to wait in line 10 minutes to go through a metal detector every day when I come into work. I mean, and I have a tiny little office. I'd be more comfortable at home and I would get more done. I'd be more proficient. And he's, well, you have to have access to these specific things that you can only do from work. Well, if I install PC anywhere on my computer, and then I log into my computer from home, I have access to all those things, right? Because I'm on my work computer and I, it, it didn't take, 
did not take. And I only lasted there like two years because I just couldn't stand the drive to work, the paying for parking, the going through the metal detector, all of that. Um, otherwise, I would have loved the job. It was perfect in every other way. But uh, that is empathy as a manager mm-hmm. to understand your team. Yeah, I ha- there are studies who says sixty percent of the managers are not prepared for the work, and I think is the number is way higher. Is to talk now that everybody like everybody work from home and everybody come to the office. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk to your people and see, evaluate independently, take your ass out of your comfort zone, and pardon my French again for the people who doesn't like to curse in, but I don't have any way to say it, any other way to say it, and take like. If this person has been more productive working from home, either because of the introversion shyness or because they're living in Europe, but they're being productive, why you need to force them to go to a standard because you're so insecure that you need to be overpowering and over controlling the people in your team. And you said it, 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 you use the word control talking about that. And that's all it is, is they want to control you. And I kind of feel like even, even especially in positions where you're, you're being paid a salary, you, you should be being paid for um, specifically what your job description says your duties are, period, end of story. If you meet those objectives and you worked 20 hours, then guess what? You still get paid your, your regular salary. I mean, right? If they tell you this is your job and these are your objectives, complete those objectives and your work is done. You don't have to mm-hmm. spread it out over 40 hours. You don't have to work 40 hours. You just have to get the objective done. And that's what I think they're so scared of is that these salary employees will do, you know, this minimum amount of work um, and not over deliver because they're not, their hours aren't being guarded, you know? So they just simply need to change their perspective to I'm hiring this person to do these specific objectives. And that's what I'm paying them for. I'm not paying them to sit at a desk for 40 hours. I think it's great too, that it's, um, that it's forced a lot of people to learn some new technology that they wouldn't have, have learned otherwise. And it's opened up uh, so many new uh, avenues in so many different industries because of it. Like for example, coaches now are able to do webinars and free trainings um, just online because everybody is now familiar with zoom. Everybody can get onto a zoom meeting and, and watch a presentation. That's not a problem. Whereas, you know, five, six years ago, if, if you would have tried to do that, you would have had a much smaller population coming to your webinar, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I have met and I have students all around the world. Thank to the pandemic. They finally stopped being afraid of, of try to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're launching a new class in March. Tell me um, about this class, what you're offering and what we would learn and uh, how we could find out more about it. Yeah, there are two different cr- kind of crazy classes. One is uh, Easy Divorce Guide. And bear with me. I found out when I hired the new in- in-house a marketing company that Uh, Our huge audience are women between 35 and 65 because we are a female company. All the people in our company, not because we want, dude cannot put out with us. Look, if you're a dude and you want to work with us, be welcome. They cannot put out with us. They say that we're going too fast, that we're too deep, like too strong. Like 
it's a good compliment to have. Yeah. So those are our um, clients and most of them are going or thinking about going to a divorce. So we're going to start doing a class where we can embrace and help these people, these women to go to the next level. Amazing. The other one, we have uh, the human behavior dictionary that is going to be a comprehensive with the web system that we use words, emotions, and behavior. So that is going to be the second class where we're going to teach you how to use face rain profiling, micro expressions, body language, elicitation and words, and use it all together. All together, those all coming in March is required. A lot of people do not understand how much work required to do yeah. classes. So go to humanbehaviorlab.com. You can go to school and that's what you're going to find out. We start doing the pre-selling, I think, after Ah, yeah, we're going to do it for um, San Valentine. The, by the way, I don't like San Valentine. Uh, <laughs> but we, the team just happened to have that day for the luncheon. And I trust trust my marketing people because, hey, you don't hire people you don't trust. You always hire people who knows more than you know. Yeah. That's amazing. I actually um, would be very interested in your second class. I may actually, you may see me. <laughs> Uh, by the way, we have uh, we have free classes and we have challenges when we give you a snip tip of what we do so you can enjoy it. And okay. actually, after this, those 10 days of working with us, you actually I have people reading faces and profiling people. So wow. take it. We don't ask you for a credit card. We don't ask you for anything. Uh, we are believing extremely in HBL. All the people that is in the team that you deserve to have some tools and and things to go over your life so Darlene I will highly encourage you to take the class and tell absolutely. me what you think on the free challenges that we have yeah absolutely you'll definitely see me there and I'm sure you'll see a lot of my audience as well that is fascinating you're fascinating and this has been Thank absolutely you. amazing you're welcome this is I've had so much fun uh, it should be criminal to have this much fun doing your job but this why way <laughs> why that's that's life when this you get so unheard of <laughs> yeah when you have certain age like you need if you don't have fun um you need to learn to fire employees yeah. clients and people in your life and that is the concept of success so yeah. my question to you Jolene what is your concept of success what is success for you freedom Except you see freedom yeah just uh freedom of over your time freedom on you know where you want to be just uh complete control of your own life which unfortunately the majority of the population doesn't have uh so i'm i'm really hoping that this this um forcing technology into people's faces because of the uh because of the pandemic will expand that for people more people are, are are learning the technology to be able to start their own businesses working online and i think that we would have we wouldn't have half the problems we have if more people were just happy i mean the crime rate would go down obviously suicides would go down and and i think if we just had more freedom and control of our lives we could be happier I think we need to start learning more about the Maslow hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. And we understand we don't need that much to be happy. Actually, it's sure. simple. Do any anybody need to have a porch? No. So do not go with the 
establishment, do what make you happy and go for there. Absolutely. Susan, I hope we can keep in touch. This has been absolutely amazing. I love talking with you. Likewise, thank you very much. And I hope that if we can at least buck your brain with one, one thing that we talked to that <laughs> spark you to see things in a different way and spark you to see people how they are and not to be judgmental and not to label others and understand that everybody goes through something that you don't know and listen to them and pay attention I think we conquer something, darling. What do you think about it? Absolutely. I love that. I, I think everybody, that's a perfect way to end. And I think everybody, if everybody internalizes that, even if they internalize just that, then listening to this podcast would be worth it. Thank you, love. I hope to see you soon. Absolutely. Take care, Susan. Thank you. Thank you.